the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Authorities have made an arrest in connection with the New York City subway devices. A homeless man from West Virginia faced charges Saturday for allegedly placing two devices that look like pressure cookers in a New York City subway station, forcing an evacuation and starling the morning commute. Larry Ketton Griffin II of Bruno, West Virginia, was awaiting arraignment late Saturday in Manhattan Central Booking. He was taken into police custody after he was seen in surveillance video at Manhattan's Fulton subway station holding one of the objects police identified as rice cookers and determined they were not explosives. That's correspondent Patrick Foss. President Trump's top economic advisor is addressing fears of a looming recession after last week's sharp drop in the financial markets and predicting that the economy will perform well in the second half of 2019. Larry Kudlow said that consumers are seeing higher wages and are able to spend and save more This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt believes he knows which candidate Trump will face in 2020. My assessment of Kamala Harris, I think, is the right assessment of Kamala Harris. I think she's going to be the nominee. So I'm watching her very, very closely. She knows what her numbers are. She knows what the map is. She can extrapolate the momentum effect of a win in South Carolina and California. And she is going to be the nominee. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. As the new school year approaches, and man is it approaching fast, now is the time to explore better and brighter options for your child. So see all of our partner schools at TwinCitiesTuitions.com today and learn how we'll save you half off your first year of tuition. Good Sunday afternoon, Twin Cities, just past 4 o'clock. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. We got mostly sunny skies today on a high of 76 degrees, and we got the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker coming up next right here on The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on Earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the Western Wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel Tour, December 2nd to the 11th. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. Vein Clinics of America wants to know, when's the last time you felt comfortable in your own skin? Are you kidding me? I haven't worn shorts in years. Every summer, I'm the only guy on the beach wearing long pants. Wearing slacks to hide my compression hose sure doesn't make me feel any younger. Listen, you're not alone. Many men and women are embarrassed about their bulging varicose and spider veins, not to mention the pain and how uncomfortable they make you feel. I would get home from work and my legs were swollen and throbbing. Why deal with this any longer? Let Vein Clinics of America help you decide. Discover healthy, better-looking legs. For over 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease. Imagine wearing a swimsuit or shorts with confidence and getting back to normal activities. It's time to feel comfortable in your own skin again. VCA accepts most major insurance plans. Call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. 
Midwest Fence is the type of fence company your brother, your uncle, your cousin, or your neighbor would recommend because they too went with them for their fence and figured out pretty quickly Midwest was the obvious choice. Not only were the costs kept low because Midwest Fence is the largest fence company in the state and thus buys in bulk and passes the savings on to you, but just the fact that this company has vastly more experience with fences than anyone else gives a person a certain peace of mind. Folks, they've been at this since Truman was president. Driving down the road in Minnesota, you see the handiwork of Midwest fence all around you. And those people who went with Midwest will tell you it was hardly a difficult decision. You won't find a greater variety of design options, nor more down-to-earth people ready to work with you. Midwest fence, the ones your neighbors recommend. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plane talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way. It's Sunday, so four o'clock. What does that mean? You know what it means. It means it's the I best hour in radio of the week. That's enough. Put down the mic. Not you yet. Terrible person. It is the victory hour. I'm Andrew Parker. Emma Jean, go get the kids back in the house. We got a barn burner today. You have been hearing all week the mainstream media. You have been hearing those on the left who support Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. By the way, Rashida Tlaib, who I was talking about on this show before we sh- she was elected and before almost anyone had heard of her, of the dangers of, you know, it, it is not about the fact that she is Muslim at all or about the fact that she believes in the Islamic tradition or even about the fact that she criticizes the Jewish state of Israel. It is about the fact that she does not believe that the state of Israel should exist. She claimed to oppose the boycott, divestment, sanction, the BDS movement prior to being elected, and following that, she is now the leader in the United States Congress championing the idea of BDS, along with our very own 5th Congressional District Chairwoman or uh, Delegate to the United States House of Representatives, Ilhan Omar. And the two of them, as you have read, had a trip planned for Israel. Now, there are a few things that you may not have read because they have not been covered. And I speak to you about these things from a particular perspective. And in this little monologue in segment one of the show today, I ask you to consider this. First, it comes from a foundational perspective that, as you know me, you know is consistent with my principles and thought throughout. When you are faced with evil, or even if you don't want to use that word, principles that you fundamentally, and that we as Americans fundamentally disagree with, do you appease or do you oppose? And what those in the mainstream media are doing in the way they report it, those in the leadership in the Democratic Party, unfortunately, are doing is they are appeasing. Listen, I am all in favor of First Amendment rights, freedom of speech. If they want to criticize the state of Israel, that is one thing. 
But if they oppose the existence of the state of Israel and support tactics, conduct, and intend for their trip to the state of Israel to further support the concept of the destruction of the state of Israel, the Jewish state does not need to accept them into the country. They have done enough damage already in the House of Representatives. And this is not some sort of unprecedented occurrence. For not Israel, but even for the United States. The United States has done similar in refusing visas and or even temporary opportunity. Remember Ahmadinejad, not allowed into the United States or to speak at the UN in the past in New York City. Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib support the BDS movement, which, if you are not aware, again, consider this. Omar Barghouti, the founder, the co-founder of the movement, and who still speaks out consistent with these comments, has stated no rational Palestinian would ever accept a Jewish state in Palestine. He opposes it, he opposes its existence, and the entire BDS movement was created and continues to exist to eliminate, to destroy through economic means. But Barghouti also agrees and has been interviewed and stated that armed resistance is acceptable as well. This is the founder of the BDS movement that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib support. Make no mistake. More specifically, as it relates to this trip, in particular, that they intended to take, and by the way, on the heels of a trip, they were invited to go with 70 other members of Congress that was to visit both Palestinians and Israelis, a bipartisan trip that they refused to go on. Why did they refuse? Because they planned a trip sponsored by an organization called MIFTA. And make no mistake, this organization is one, if you go to their website alone, that's all you really need to do. You go to their website, this nonprofit organization headed by Palestinian lawmaker Hanan Ashrawi, who the mainstream media calls a Palestinian lawmaker, a Palestinian longtime peace negotiator. She is the head of an organization which prints, and you can go to their website and see it, neo-Nazi propaganda, publishes articles which express and expand the blood libel that Jews use the blood of Christians and Christian children in the Jewish Passover. This was posted in an article on their website. This is the organization Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar chose to go to Israel with as opposed to the U.S. congressional delegation of bipartisan members. You may not have read about that. It's the emiss, the truth. But more than that, MIFTA, the organization that Omar and Talib were traveling to Israel with, has a, an entire treatise on their site. And the original source of the treatise was National Vanguard, a neo-Nazi group founded in 05 in none other than Charlottesville. Here in the U.S. And the members of the National Vanguard 
It's one of the best financed and best organized white nationalist groups in the U.S. In this treatise that is posted, it talks about the Jew-controlled entertainment media have taken the lead in persuading a whole generation that homosexuality is a normal and acceptable way of life and that there is nothing at all wrong with white women dating or marrying black men or with white men marrying Asian women, that all races are inherently equal in ability and character. I could go on and on, but it is so disgusting what this Mifta has on its website in the accusation against Jews and the vilification of Jews that Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar are traveling to Israel with, it's not a wonder that Israel said no. No. You're not coming in with those intentions. And the fact that the Democratic leadership and Nancy Pelosi are considering taking a position against Israel on this is troubling. And one other quick point. This claim that... Bibi Netanyahu was following the demand of Donald Trump because of a tweet of Donald Trump is laughable. It is simply laughable at any member of the media who suggests that Bibi Netanyahu kneels at the hand of Donald Trump is a joke. And you know it. Bibi Netanyahu kneels for no one. And that's one of the things those on the left hate about him. He's too aggressive. He's too much of his own man. Yeah, we'll quit using it when it's convenient for you. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. (laughs) Well, you are speaking of me at one point in my life, a staunch liberal, and all of my views are foundationed upon liberal thought. And they continue to be, quite frankly. I'm going to uh, invite you all to stay with us on the other side of this break because we're just getting going, and this show is really going to get good. We are joined by David Stillman, best-selling author, who's going to talk to us about the subject of generations. And I find there is little more important to understand, to deal with the policy issues of the day, business issues political issues, all of the things we talk about on this show, then the issue of how the generations and, and, and the differences between the generations and how they uh, analyze, review, and consider such things. And we've got the expert on the subject. It's fascinating. Make sure to stay with us. You're listening to the Victory Hour, and you know who yours truly is. Go to ParkerDK.com. You'll learn a little bit more about him. Stay tuned. For all you've been given, some days you just get by. AM 1280, The Patriot. Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. Maybe you'd like to know what exactly Relief Factor is. It was created by doctors. It's a 100% drug-free supplement with four key ingredients that simply help your own body deal with the natural inflammatory response that it has. It's easy to swallow, four little capsules in each packet, like the packet that I carry with me at all times. Three packets a day for a week, then two packets a day for two weeks, and I have just described the three-week quick start. 
And you will know in three weeks. That's the beauty of it. Whether it works, they don't drag you on. That costs just $19.95. There's a very good chance that a very serious percentage of my listeners suffer from some sort of muscular or joint pain. You should try this for $19.95. That's all you can lose. If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments. And it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. Relieffactor.com. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company? And now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. South Alabama, her daddy had a heart like a nine-pound hammer. Think he even did a little We are back. The it's the Victory Hour, joined by, yes, this week, Dirks Bentley. You know, I know many of you, as we've talked about before, tune in to hear the best and the brightest on politics, Israel, and the law, Smart Plane Talk, every week. But others simply tune in for the music. Top drawer, in and out, from all different genres. Sound of Music, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, Dirk Bentley, hip-hop and rap. Why Dirk Bentley this week? Well, I will tell you, he's playing at the State Fair next Saturday night. It's going to be a great show. Yours truly may take that one in, I think I... I'm going to do that. On the Victory Hour this week, I am uh, just so honored and I'm thrilled to have with us best-selling author David Stillman, a very good friend of mine and someone who is going to communicate to you, A, things you probably know little about and are so important in our day-to-day lives, And secondly, someone who is going to do it with expertise, he is a, you know, I would, I guess, describe him as a, not just an author, but a designer, an innovator, an inventor, a savant regarding people, a raconteur on explaining interesting things. Terrible person. He has written When Generations Collide, The M Factor, Gen X at Work, all outstanding books. And the latest he wrote with his teenage son at the time, and uh, I will tell you, an outstanding book, Gen X at Work. And we're going to talk about the generations right now with our good friend, uh, David Stillman. David, thank you for being with us on the Victory Hour. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, uh, when I first learned about generations and the differences uh, between them that people generally have an idea of but really don't have a sense of, in fact, they may not even have a sense of which what the generational differences are why don't you start for our sure. listeners with you know what the various names for the generations are and what their uh attributes are you bet um 
Well, first of all, I'm going to break it down by age. But the theory behind what I study really does go beyond age. But we do start with the traditionalist generation, your parents, your grandparents, born before 1946. So this is a generation that on one hand you know, had a great time during the Roaring Twenties, but then really quick were brought down way low by the Great Depression. The highs and the lows, they experienced that. Um, over 50%, the largest ever, of traditionalist men are veterans. So yes. This is a generation that climbed the greatest overseas. generation. And at 18, without a cell phone and talking to mom, they're suddenly you know, halfway around the world fighting in World War II. Yeah, just like my dad. The Korean War. It's just yes. unbelievable. And you, know, you take events and conditions like that. They have a very unique generational personality, by far the most patriotic generation. I mean, the patriot is made for um, the traditional generation. This generation just bleeds patriotism. Um, It's also a generation, very loyal generation, because if you think about the events and conditions, Andy, it really was around the notion of self-sacrifice. Like, I've got to put my own needs aside to beat back the Great Depression, to win two world wars. They fueled an economic boom we all enjoyed for decades. Yes. Um, Put a man on the moon. Like, these amazing things. And they did that by partnering with institutions like government. And they put a lot of the institutions on the map. Um, but things did change when along came the baby boom generation. So now we're going to go from 1946 to 64. Okay, so the baby boom generation. Interesting enough, that was the first generation to actually be named. And it was named by the government. It's the only time the government's named a generation. One and only time. And it was the baby boom generation. It was post-war. We had you know, 80 million and the government put in a label as we have a baby boom. And suddenly it was really the marketers first were like, wow, if we – you know, target a demographic and call them, you know, the baby boom generation, we could sell a lot of product. And soon afterwards, they went back and named the traditionalist and silent generation, and then subsequently have really targeted the different generations. And so really generational theory came onto the map when there was a baby boom generation, 80 million. And what we suddenly saw was they had different events and conditions. So now we had a generation where it wasn't about the GI Bill. It wasn't about World War II. Um, completely the first generation to have television. As yes. children, um, and they had. Do you know how much national news was on a night when boomers were young? Do you have an idea? It can't be news. much. It was a half hour. Yeah, actually, yes. Actually, in fact, it was 15 minutes originally. And a career highlight that I uh, had was I got to interview Walter Cronkite. Wow. Okay. And so and I he, did not know that he shared a he shared a conversation. He says, "I remember when the network came to me and said, Walter." We want to go from 15 minutes of national news to a half hour of national news. Do you think there'll be enough to fill the air? They weren't <laughs> sure if they could come up with 15 minutes more of content, national news. And get this. He was voted the most trusted man in America. Yeah. Okay. Would you vote one news reporter, including you, <laughs> to be the most trusted person in America? Put down that mic. <laughs> But I'm serious. I mean, you would never. But that's what they grew up. They had someone delivering the news. Um, and for the baby boomers, things got a little bit bigger. Suburbs popped up. We had television, a lot more opportunity, a little bit more spread out of society. But with a lot more, they were exposed to a lot more. So this is a generation that really saw a lot of struggles in our country with those same institutions that traditionalists had built. They suddenly saw, you know, um, the assassinations of Martin Luther King, the Kennedy brothers. Um, we had, I mean, think about all these, Vietnam for this generation. And what I love about the boomers, though, is they didn't sit back. They really fought back. And they said, all right, look, traditionalists and government, we, we believe in these institutions, but you got to change them. You really got to make some change. And had, this is something we saw protest movements, people saying to the street. Now, don't get me wrong, still believing in government. But let's be clear, we need to change it. And that's why we saw civil rights, human rights, voters' rights, women's rights, all because boomers said, all right, I believe in the institution. I'm going to change it. And we had 80 million of them. Yes. Um, so we just had a lot. And that's why, you know, suddenly it was baby boom all the time. They garnered the limelight in every life stage, created cash cows. But they touched the marketplace. Boom. I mean, it was just from cars to diapers to blue jeans. I mean, they really created cash cows. Um, As they move through life stages. And still do. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, still do. It's something around retirement and now aging retirement, now, yes. adult learning. We have all these new industries that are popping up because baby boomers are not retiring how they, we thought they would. They're not heading to a porch swing, you know, doing nothing, drinking lemonade. <laughs> right. You know, they're out there doing things. It's, you know, they're raging against aging. And so, true. But I would tell you there was so much attention, Andy, on the baby boom generation as 80 million moved through society that no one paid attention to my generation 
Gen X when we came along. So now we're going to the next generation, 1964 to 19, uh, sorry, <laughs> 1964 to 1980. Yeah. Okay, we got Gen X. Yeah. All right. And what happened is suddenly we had 80 million baby boomers, well, only 60 million Gen X, so dramatically smaller. So that's going to have an impact in a few. To, first of all, why? Um, one is the invention of the birth control. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we had women go to the workforce. So women entered the workforce for the first time in droves and birth control. Suddenly this huge dip in population. Along comes Gen X. But we're smaller, so no one really paid attention. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, they'll behave and act just like us, thought the boomers. Yes. They tried to treat Gen X like the boomers, and it really was just the most costly collisions in corporate America. So now we're going into the mid-90s when my generation suddenly was showing up in the workplace, had dollars to spend, and we weren't buying cars. We weren't doing things the same way. Um, things were radically different. That's where we saw the whole change in generations, really because we were going from baby boomer optimism, believing in government, to my generation where we'll see blanket skepticism, which we can talk about after the break. Fantastic. And you're listening to David Stillman. Educate us on generations, issues that we haven't thought about but that are so important and at the foundation of what we talk about every week on the Victory Hour. We're going to talk about Gen Xers on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about millennials. Is there a Generation Y? I think there's a Generation Z. And we're going to talk about all of them as it relates to work, business, maybe a little politics as well. Make sure to stay with us with best-selling author David Stillman and go on uh, Amazon and pick up, you know, you can start with the first book. It's outstanding when generations collide, but the M Factor and Gen X at Work, all three outstanding books. Stay with us. We'll be right back with David Stillman talking generations. I'm somewhere on the beach, sipping something strong. AM 1280, The Patriot. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, Contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to parkerdk.com. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. To do you right, we take time for a barbecue flavor that will blow your mind. Get that Rack Shack attack, oh, Rack Shack barbecue. Make fresh daily cater to you. Homemade sauces, secret rubs too. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah. I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for a rewards card you can't seem to find. At AM1280 The Patriot, we've simplified the process. All the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Freedom Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. Is a verbal contract really only as good as the paper it's written on? This is Andrew Parker from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. I recently represented a client in a claim for unpaid compensation. He was promised payment of $1.8 million in bonuses. His employer refused to pay, citing no written contract. We went to work. After investigation and litigation, we won the case and recovered $2.3 million for our client. Our experienced trial lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country. We have legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, and financial transactions and appeals. 
For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniel Skiboard, a premier law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Go to ParkerDK.com. We're making it right today on the Victory Hour with uh, special guest, someone who doesn't just show up, but he makes a difference. And that is our guest, best-selling author, David Stillman. Now, note you should, uh, and jot this down, pull out the number two pencil and the yellow pad. I want you to jot two things down. One is... uh, Give us a call if you like. If we have time, we'll try to get you on. 651-289-4488. That crumpled piece of yellow paper in the corner probably has it written on there already for you long-time listeners. But for others, number two pencil, yellow pad, 651-289-4488. And also, jot down next week, August 25, next week, House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler will be with us for a spirited discussion on the Victory Hour. Leader of the democratically controlled, democratic-controlled House of Representatives here in the state of Minnesota, Ryan Winkler, one-time attorney at the Andrew Parker Law Firm, indeed, but now House Majority Leader. So he'll be on the show next Sunday Four o'clock as usual. Today, though, David Stillman, best-selling author of When Generations Collide, The M Factor, and Gen Z at Work. I may have said, I think I did, Gen X at Work, the latest great book by David Stillman. Just outstanding. If you want to learn what is happening today, Gen Z at Work, teaming with his son, Jonas Stillman. To co-author the outstanding book, Gen Z at Work. Go get it on uh, Amazon. So we were talking before the break about the traditionalists, the baby boom, boomers, a little bit about uh, Gen Xers, and we're going to talk about millennials as well. David, maybe you can shed some light on uh, completing a, a briefly a discussion on Gen Xers and then Who are these millennials that we hear so much about and what's coming up behind them with Gen Z? You got it. So where I left off was with Gen X, my generation, much smaller. So suddenly we weren't as attractive for marketers because we weren't creating cash cows and maybe even for politicians because we weren't um, as big of a population. And what I would tell you is that just such a shift from boomer optimism and idealism to what you found is suddenly a generation with blanket skepticism, and no one liked us. You know, we were sort of accused of being whiners, not team players. We did not show up at the polls like other generations had. Um, and the reason, though, was is that suddenly there was 24-hour media during our formative years. So we saw a lot of leaders called into question, suddenly even politicians called into question who were probably doing the same things that politicians of the past were doing, but we got to see it all. And suddenly the veil of privacy was down. You know, very interesting. Nineteen Early 1960s, baby boomers still, John F. Kennedy. We now know a lot of things about him. We didn't know then. There was not skepticism there. That was Camelot then. But then you roll into the Vietnam era, Richard Nixon and Watergate and Gen Xer's experience of it. And it's a whole different attitude toward our leaders. And, and, and then it continued with, with Reagan and, and then the Absolutely. impeachment with Clinton. Uh, absolutely. And, and it's not to say suddenly these leaders were any more. No. You know, it's been happening forever. No, I mean, let's just right. be honest. But the veil of privacy comes down. But the other thing, too, there were some things that happened. Suddenly, you know, we weren't saying to the streets and making great change. We saw things like the Space Shuttle Challenger. 
We saw all this money going into government institutions go to space, and suddenly, you know, we're finding out they're cutting corners. So you saw blanket skepticism, and that has played out in politics and everyday life, too. How about the millennials? So the millennials, now the baby boomers had children, originally called Gen Y. They didn't like that name. So a group of um, those of us who've been studying this sort of logged on the late 90s to the millennials. But we were ready because they learned from the past that we weren't ready for Gen X. We're going to be ready for the millennials. So we talked about millennials. We, we, we most talked about generation in history. Um, and they've been a really interesting generation, especially in the scene of politics, because this is a generation where suddenly technology went social. So now you had – this is a generation that put Obama in office. This is a generation that had social media. You could tweet. that They found out Biden was you know, the first nominee before anyone else because they were on Twitter. And so they were suddenly felt a little bit more closer. Um, and this generation, huge, huge generation too, 82 million, very big generation, the most talked about. But to the point, Andy, where they're so talked about that no one's paid attention to the fact that we've got another generation, Gen Z, 1995 to 2012, the leading edge is 25. So you've got a group of people, 18 to 25, eligible to vote in this election, millions. And we know in previous elections, it's only taken $5 million to, to get someone in office. Oh, sure. So there's enough voters of the Gen Z population. And back, you know, during the Clinton-Trump campaign, I wrote in the Star Tribune an op-ed, and I criticized both candidates. Not one of them had reached out and talked about Gen Z. He said, we had a generation voting for the very first time. What a great opportunity to say, hey, Gen Z, we know you're voting for the first time. We want you to be involved in our country, yet not one person. Even mentioned that we had a whole new generation. It's so much millennials that – and then what do we do? We criticize Gen Z you know, for not showing up at the polls even though in the midterms they showed out in record number. What are the characteristics of Gen Z? So Gen Z, they're raised by my generation, right? Gen Xer. So now we have you – know, where millennials are very collaborative from their boomer parents. We communicate a lot. There's a participation award. If we all pitch in together, we can all be winners. Well, we watch that. And we said, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> There's no such thing as a participation award. I joke. I used to tell my kids, the only one getting that is me because I got you here on time. <laughs> so, but, you know, and we told our kids, you know, there's winners, there's losers. And so Gen Z is just ferociously competitive, but very independent thinkers. And this is a generation, you know, that I would be spending a lot more time paying attention to where I find politicians are absolutely blowing it. Well, what, you know, what about Obama, though? I mean, he, he got elected by the millennials yep. who were starting to vote, et cetera. He did not ignore them. And you're, you're thinking we didn't learn the lesson of uh, Obama with the millennials in terms of the Gen Zers. Right. Well, we're just not even acknowledging that there's a whole new generation. You know, but I would also tell you, you know, there's been some really savvy presidents that have reached young. Bill Clinton went on, you know, Arsenio Hall, played the saxophone, and suddenly yes. my generation yes. woke up. We're like, whoa, politics is cool. Yes. You know, Obama's on Twitter and making it cool, yeah. you know, and just reached out to them. And we have not had a candidate reach out to this young generation and say, we recognize you're voting for the first time. Um, join us. And then I'll even go a step farther and say everyone's so quick to say they don't vote. And I will say, why would they? And I know it's a powerful thing to say because I acknowledge that the right to vote is a very powerful right. But when you've never been invited into a process and then think what they've seen, they've sure. only seen polarization. Bickering, polarization. I think millennials sure. can remember. Millennials can remember post 9-11 a time where Democrats and Republicans reached across the aisle. I mean, we had Warren Hatch, you know, working with Kennedy. I mean, we had people like who you'd never think could be in the same, but they reached together, shook hands, and got stuff done. Right. So millennials have seen that. But in due fairness to a Gen Zer, they've only seen a Democrat bash a Republican, a Republican bash a Democrat. They've only seen that. So they just see polarization. They see you know, the government shutdown. Um, so why would they get involved in that? And, and yet we don't have anyone inviting them in in the first place. And so I'm here to say great opportunity that's completely, I think, being missed with Gen Z. Very interesting. And, you know, and what about – we've got a, a number of people who listen uh, regular, regularly, business owners, uh, uh, employees uh, of businesses. What about in the workplace? What are the differences between Xers, millennials, Zers? I mean I spend hours talking about that very subject. But in the interest of time for your listeners, I would say here's what I'd be putting my attention on right now. There's so much – Attention, like I just taught in politics too, about millennials, millennials, millennials. We see that in the workforce. I'd be willing to bet if I were to sit down with any CEO or director of recruiting and look at their materials today for people coming out of college targeted to millennials. 
strong yes, millennial yes. value propositions. And yet, if you were to take a look at the value propositions that Gen Z want, nothing like millennials. Really? So, How are they different? So millennials wanted meaning. It came from an era of, you know, post 9-11 a lot of times. They had boomer parents saying, you know, God, work's going to be hard. You got a long haul in front of you. Just do something you really care about. So they entered the workplace. You know, I, I used to joke saying wanting to be Gandhi. But in a way, that's not so bad. Suddenly, everyone in the workforce was looking at meaning, teamwork. We had a little bit more team building. As suddenly, the workplace could be a little bit more family-oriented. It was okay to be friends with coworkers. And it sort of made that happen. Well, so much so that we still now recruit to, like, family, teamwork, um, collaboration. Think about open office concept everywhere you go. Yes, yes. Open office concept. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, now take Gen Z. They came of age during the recession. Yes. So their yes. parents, my generation's net worth fell by 45% during the recent recession. Okay, or not so recent, the 2009 recession, okay? So that fell dramatically. So during their dinnertime conversations, it wasn't like, go find meaning. It was like, go get a job and make some money. <laughs> you know, it was like, serious. So they, number one thing on their list when they came to work now, money. Where millennials' number one thing was meaning. And so suddenly- It's a totally different totally, message. So if you're going to be like, come find your passion here and change the world and make some friends, like, yeah, it sounds like summer camp. <laughs> and you'll be shocked at how the recruiting game has really changed, and yet most leaders are not dialed into that for the recent generation of recruits. Best-selling author, David Stillman, speaking to us about foundational issues, once again being covered on the Victory Hour. and. These are issues, when I say foundational, they are at the heart of the things we talk about as it relates to policy, as it relates to what people who are making a difference day in and day out in the workforce, at the polls, in educational institutions, wherever it may be, what they care about. That is what we're speaking about today on the Victory Hour. Make sure to stay with us. And during this break, because we'll be right back, but during this break... Go to ParkerDK.com, a website that is often referred to as an award-winning website. Yes, often it's referred to that. Go and find out why. ParkerDK.com. We'll be right back. AM1280, The Patriot. Did your employer make you sign a promissory note when joining the company, and now you want to leave, but you're afraid your firm will pursue you personally for that debt? This is Jesse Keyboard from the law firm Parker Daniels Keyboard. I recently represented a client who had signed such a note, and I was able to get them out of their $500,000 debt to their company, which allowed them the freedom to exit a bad employment situation and enter a much better one. Meeting our clients' objectives is our focus at Parker Daniels Keyboard, and in this regard, we win. Our experienced trial team of lawyers at Parker Daniels Keyboard have secured major victories in state and federal courts across the country and through arbitration. We have the legal expertise in all types of business disputes, labor and employment matters, real estate matters, shareholder disputes, financial transactions, security issues, and appeals. For wise counsel, winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard, a premier litigation law firm that provides efficient, aggressive, and innovative solutions to complex legal problems. Wise counsel, winning results. Go to ParkerDK.com. Vein Clinics of America wants to know, when's the last time you felt comfortable in your own skin? Are you kidding me? I haven't worn shorts in years. Every summer, I'm the only guy on the beach wearing long pants. Wearing slacks to hide my compression hose sure doesn't make me feel any younger. Listen, you're not alone. Many men and women are embarrassed about their bulging varicose and spider veins, not to mention the pain and how uncomfortable they make you feel. I would get home from work and my legs were swollen and throbbing. Why deal with this any longer? Let Vein Clinics of America help you discover health healthy, better-looking legs. For over 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease. Imagine wearing a swimsuit or shorts with confidence and getting back to normal activities. It's time to feel comfortable in your own skin again. VCA accepts most major insurance plans. Call now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-606-1010. 800-606-1010. That's 800-606-1010. How can you protect your company's most valuable proprietary information? This is Andrew Parker of the Parker Daniels Keyboard Law Firm. We recently represented a local manufacturing company in an employment lawsuit. Our client learned that a longtime employee was leaving the company to join a direct competitor. The employee intended to help the competitor develop an automated manufacturing system that was a copy of our client's system. 
The employee did not have a non-compete agreement with our client. We nonetheless filed suit and brought an immediate motion to prevent the employee from beginning work with the competing company. We won, and the employee was prohibited from working for the competitor. Parker Daniels Keyboard's attorneys have been advising companies on employment law matters for decades. And if you find yourself in court, our attorneys are some of the toughest and most experienced employment trial lawyers around. For wise counsel and winning results, contact us at Parker Daniels Keyboard. Go to parkerdk.com. Took two weeks vacation for the honeymoon A couple tickets all inclusive down in Cancun I couldn't get my money back so I'm in seat 7A I'm getting drunk on a plane No drinking here on the Victory Hour today But uh, tune in next week. Ryan Winkler will be with us. I don't know if there will be drinking then either. But after a talk with Ryan, I may need a drink. (laughs) I love my good friend Ryan. But we just don't agree on a lot. I mean, you know, I think he's an old... Well, he may not be anymore. But he he had some positive comments about Elizabeth Warren. And, uh, boy, that's I'm a capitalist. Come on. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she is. I heard somebody uh, who was a Joe Scarborough, that turncoat, Joe Scarborough on the radio talking about Elizabeth Warren. He said, you absolutely can vote for Elizabeth Warren. Compare her to Donald Trump. At least she's not out, you know, getting people killed and turning their back on the racists and trying to support and gin up more racist attitudes. She doesn't do any of that. So, you know, you can stomach some of her policies. All right, that's Joe Scarborough. We are today talking about the foundational issues, as I have commented, regarding generations. And we're talking with best-selling author David Stillman, who has joined us. And I'm very honored to have him on. If you've been listening, you know why. Uh, we, uh, we're talking about things you may have a sense of but have never really thought about. And it is worthwhile to sit back, listen to this, and think about how you might adjust your business, how you approach uh, folks at different generational uh, positions, and what you're talking to them about. And so you can approach them in a way that is meaningful to them. We were just talking about Gen Z and the, work, and the workplace. I want to ask David, uh, if you can, give us a a bit more of a sense of millennial differences with Gen Z in the workplace and also turn to higher education, something Mm. that we talk a lot about here on the Victory Hour. Um, Definitely. So, you know, I talked about how, again, how they were parented. So you had baby boomers raising millennials and it was a time of self-esteem. It was really about a time of your only as good as your weakest link. So we all come together, we collaborate. And I got to hand it to millennials. They're amazing collaborators. But along then came Gen Z, where suddenly they were parented by my generation was a little bit more tough love. There's winners, there's losers, and you're probably going to lose. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but then that's You the need other, thicker skin. Right. Well, then the other difference you had is the economy. So the economy for the millennials was great. It was the 90s. It was the internet boom or Businesses started in a garage overnight. They're an empire. I mean, it's really exciting. And they had boomer parents telling them, you can be anything you want to be. So then Gen Z, they had the recession really during their formative years. So their dinnertime conversations were about companies staying afloat, their own parents' struggles. And so it just became, you know, a bunch of different lens they were looking at, you know, where a lot of millennials walked into the workforce and they sort of had this attitude, you're lucky I chose to work here. Well, yes. a lot of, and I've got to say, I got to protect them a little bit because their parents said, that company will be so lucky to have you. So they walked in feeling great, and then they said that, and we called them entitled. <laughs> so I, I don't think that's too fair necessarily. But the difference with Gen Z is no longer you have a generation saying, you know, you're lucky to have me. You have a generation who really feels I'm lucky to have the job. And so there's just, you know, that really, honestly, what I would tell you is just 
this drive that we have not seen. And I'll go back to that open office yeah, concept. Yeah, and they pay attention to the resume. They pay attention to how much they're getting paid, what the benefits are, much more so than the collaboration or the, what, open uh Well, again, uh, I don't want to knock space. millennials. It was just sort of that was their era. And millennials no, it's not right, a negative. And I got to say, and they brought a lot of teamwork and collaboration into the office that was needed. I mean, a lot of Gen Xers, we were sort of like, you go away and get your stuff done. I'll go away. Don't come find me. <laughs> we were sort of like, just get away. you know And so millennials brought a lot of that back to the workplace. But what's happening now with Gen Z, that competitiveness is going to cl- clash big time with that collaborative nature. So suddenly, open office concept, you brought that up. Gen Z, only 8% likes open office concept. Because the way they see it, if you're sitting right next to me, your nose is looking at my stuff, get your nose out of my business. You know, it's sort of like, I don't want to be friends. I want your job. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but literally that competitive drive is going to make a difference. Um, and now lead into talking about higher ed, which you brought up. And part of that drive, Andy, has really changed the path forward. So think about it. We have a generation, Gen Zers, that had the recession. They have Gen X parents who we've always been open to an alternative path. We've always been open to you don't have to follow the same rules. Um, and so they looked at the path forward, and the path forward has always been you graduate high school, you go to college, you graduate, maybe you go to grad school, you get a job, and so get married and so on. That's been the path forward for success. 75%, 75% of Gen Z believe there's good ways of getting an education other than going to college. Wow. And there's a lot of factors. One is the parents. You don't have people like me saying, well, that is the end-all and be-all, where boomers said to the millennial kids, you will go to college at any cost. It was an automatic. It was just automatic. And it was a lot of boomers' identity. A lot of boomers' identity, where did your kid go to school? What are they yes. doing? Where Gen Xers, we haven't been that way as much. You yes. know, um, So suddenly you have a generation of parents who suddenly looked at that. Wow, boomers sent their millennial kids at any cost. Now their millennial kids are sitting on mounds of debt. Mounds, mounds of, debt. of debt. So Gen Z looks at this as like, all right, well, maybe there's a different path forward that I won't sit on mounds of debt. And they've got parents open to it where millennials didn't have that. And the other thing, too, at the other side of graduation are employers, right? I would say most employers that I'm working with today, big companies around the world, most are dropping their requirement for a four-year degree. I didn't know that. Most. Oh, big companies right here in our own – now, listen, if you're going to be – a surgeon, I hope you've gone to medical school. Yeah, okay. You're going to be an engineer, you got, but, but a marketing position, do you really have needed to take a Greek civilization? <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, suddenly we're realizing that there's other ways um, to get it. And so we have a generation that's maybe not going. Um, and at the other end of it, I'll be honest, okay, so you're looking at somebody to employ somebody. You're going to look at not necessarily where they went to school. You're going to look at what kind of experience do you have? What yes. work have you done? So some of the employers are less even focused on it. So the message has now gone out to a generation. It's about experience. Don't get in debt. And there's alternative paths. Three things really not working well for higher ed that has not woken up to this. In any industry I work in, I will say higher ed's in the most trouble. Hands down. Interesting. Hands down. If someone calls me from any other industry, they can still be a little proactive. If higher ed calls me, I'm biting my lip because I'm like, wow, you're late. You're really late. And I would say of any industry that I think is going to be in the most trouble with Gen Z, definitely higher ed. And I can see it. And with their cost structure, which is completely broken, uh, and and the problem of, of not being able to reach their audience or understand it and being behind the curve. That is a prescription for disaster. Well, and I'm not, I, I'm no disrespect to professors, but now there's a mentality. If I need to know something, I'll log on, I'll learn it on YouTube and go back to work. Right. So it's sort of a different mentality of how we learn now. And I won't uh, carry a huge debt along with me when I'm doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, you're very right about the hiring process. I can tell you the last few attorneys that I have hired who have... You know, they're very good uh, in school, but I find that the education, the schooling that they get uh, is only one factor, and it's not a significant percentage. It is the the fundamentals that they grew up with, the principles that they live by, the drive that they have, the motivation that they have. That's what I look for. David Stillman, thank you very much for joining us this week on the Victory Hour. Get his uh, book, When Generations Collide, or The M Factor, or Gen Z at Work. Go to Amazon to get it. 
And tune in next week when we will have majority House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler with us on the Victory Hour. Until then, have a great week. Wise Council, winning results. For more information, go to parkerdk.com. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, and hope. AM 1280, The Patriot. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. An extraordinary adventure to Israel can be yours. Join the Stand With Israel Tour with Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher happening December 2nd to the 11th. Register today at am1280thepatriot.com. AM 1280 The Patriot. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.